0: All right, it's time
1: for the Ottawa Report with Amanda Connolly. We'll just call it the OR. She's our political reporter for GlobalNews.ca. Amanda, welcome to the show. Good to have you on.
0: Great to be back. Thanks for having me.
1: So yesterday, Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole unveiled his climate plan, which uh, replaces the liberal carbon tax with a carbon tax. Can you tell us what he's proposing?
0: absolutely so this was really a, a big day in ottawa of course we've been watching so closely now waiting for uh the, the details on what this conservative climate plan will be uh we know of course that this is an issue that's really important for voters they really want to see all of the major parties having uh, some some kind of semblance here of of a clear plan to deal with climate change. And what we saw from uh, Aaron O'Toole yesterday was a plan that really does amount to putting a price on carbon. It's pricing carbon emissions. Um, The amount that it's looking to do that at is less than the plan so far that the Liberals have put in place through their own plan. Uh, Mr. O'Toole's plan is saying that it would start at $20 per tonne. Right now, the pricing is at $40 per tonne and that tools would go up to no more than $50 per ton, whereas the Liberals are set to go up to roughly $170 per ton by 2030. And so I, I will just kind of note here, that this, this is um, interesting in a number of different ways, one of them being that this is really the first time that we're seeing broad consensus among all of the major Federal political parties that putting a price on carbon is the way that they want to move forward in fighting climate change. Right now, we've seen a lot of kind of debate and discussion around this over recent years, and this this kind of commitment from O'Toole, I think, does mark uh, mm-hmm. is is worth marking in the significance that way. One of the other things that he has in the plan here is one that I think is getting a lot of uh, a lot of people asking questions online. It's this aspect of a loyalty card or a carbon savings account, and the details of that really are not completely clear yet. What we know is that O'Toole is proposing to have uh, rather than the he's saying that you can't call his plan a carbon tax because none of the money will go to the government. Instead, people will be able to use kind of a loyalty card type um, mechanism to bank some of the money that they would incur from buying emissions related products. And so they would be able to use that money on bikes, on Uh, emission kind of friendly or environmentally friendly products but again how that would really work and what that will look like really is not entirely clear right now
1: it's it's still a tax i mean how dumb does he think we are um erin o'toole this is apparently i've been hearing people say that this is actually his plan how's it going over with the party
0: We've certainly been hearing uh, some mixed reaction about this. Um, I think it's safe to say that there are a number of reports out now from people within the party who are not pleased at how this has been both released and how um, the the existence of this price on carbon at all. We know that, of course, uh, O'Toole has been against the Liberal plan for a while now. He's spoken out very publicly against it. And so we are certainly hearing some concern um, from people both in the party as well as taxpayer advocacy groups saying that they are not happy that this is the direction O'Toole is now going in, that that they uh, did not effectively put their faith in him for him to come out with this plan right now. And so certainly a lot of, uh, again, a lot of of concern there, I think, and and Mm -hmm. really a lot of questions from both sides here with of course the people who are on the Liberal NDP side saying this is of course not going to be enough. We know what the parliamentary budget officer has said we need to do to hit our climate commitments under the Paris Agreement what that pricing has to be like. And then of course the Conservatives, who of course we're now hearing are saying, look, you should have told us more about this before it came out and Mm. you shouldn't be doing this period. This is not what you have advocated for. So um, again, really a part of a bigger discussion here about the need to get ready for a possible election and really rolling out this kind of last missing piece in that, uh, that, that plan that they could potentially put to voters if there is a campaign soon.
1: Okay. yesterday there were a lot of uh, jokes at the expense of the Quebec MP who, um, unfortunately, while he was connecting to a Zoom call, was also changing and he was caught naked. His phone was uh, carefully positioned. Now, this the only people that could view uh, the image of him were uh, his his fellow colleagues, staffs, staff members and MPs uh, that were on the virtual uh, parliamentary meeting. But someone leaked it. Leaked that photo out there. And I was appalled uh, yesterday on the show because I I kind of I thought that this is, uh, you know, this is not only a lack of respect in the workplace. This this is something that is a little more serious. It's sharing online of an intimate photo. What's the latest on uh, consequences for whoever leaked the photo?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you kind of you've hit the nail on the head there. There is a lot of concern emerging right now about the 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 non-consensual aspect of this. What we know for sure and I'm going to be careful here again in, in terms of what um what we're saying and really focus on on the facts that we know. Mm-hmm. Um we know right now that the liberals are asking for an investigation into this leaking of this photo. They're saying that of course as you mentioned there, this was not Um, a stream that was being broadcast to the public. This was a restricted internal feed that only MPs and some of their political staff had access to. It was not what is being broadcast out um, as the main House of Commons question period feed that people would normally um, think of when we're talking about this. And so what we know so far, again, is that if, if that investigation takes place, it will likely focus on the fact that under the House of Commons rules, members are not allowed to take photos of House of Commons proceedings and are allowed to post mm. photos of House of Commons proceedings um, from inside the House. And the speaker has made it quite clear that in virtual parliament, taking photos of screen grabs, for example, also constitutes a breaking of that rule. So that will likely be um, the terms of that investigation, just in terms of the readily available uh, precedent and, and procedure that, that appears to have been broken here. Um, those investigations can be quite broad. We've seen this in the past, for example, in 2012, uh, you might remember the the Vicky Leaks, the Vic Taves investigation into a Twitter account that had been posting details of his divorce proceedings. There mm. was a Speaker's investigation into that at the time. Um, he did ask for a ruling on what we call a question of privilege, basically whether the privilege of a member to have these rules respected in the House of Commons was broken. And when that happened, the 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 investigation did trace back to. A liberal staff member that person was dismissed was has since been rehired by the party but it also prompted a house of commons committee probe as well we saw officials from the cse the Communications security establishment our kind of signals intelligence agency brought in to testify on that we saw officials from the cyber incident response center brought in to testify on that and so really there is kind of a broad range of where this could go and what could happen next purely looking before you even kind of get into the questions of is it or is it not criminal? Purely within the House of Commons, there's quite a lot that could happen next.
1: Do you think we'll hear uh, calls for the party whip to apologize for commenting on his body?
0: It's certainly possible. Uh, again, I, I, um, I, it's hard to say right now. Um, we, we certainly have heard a lot of concern about the way that this was handled, about mm-hmm. the, uh, some of the language and the joking that has emerged about this. Um, the Liberals have certainly been, um, I, would, I would say, kind of shaping up to really look at this as an issue of consent and inappropriate, harmful behavior. So I would say it's certainly possible that you could okay. see calls for an apology about this, particularly if there's any indication of tracing it back to a particular person. That's certainly not out of the realm of possibility right now.
1: Okay, so from one probe to another, uh, what's the latest on the Defense Committee probe on military sexual misconduct?
0: Yeah, it's a a timely question for sure. So we are set to see today the very last meeting of the Defense Committee that has been probing this matter. Back on Monday, the Liberals put forward a motion, as of course Global News had reported over the weekend, that they were going to try and shut this committee down. And they did that on Monday with the support of the Bloc Québécois. What that means is that the the military police probes into this from um, an investigation standpoint, those two probes do continue. There is still one House of Commons probe that will continue at the Status of Women Committee, but the Defense Committee itself, and this is the committee that has really been focusing on the who knew what when aspect of the story with the political accountability, the ministerial role in this, that one ends today. They're set to hear from their very last witnesses being the former national security advisor, Daniel Jean, as well as a former political staffer, the former chief of staff to former defense minister, Jason Kenney, who was in that role when Vance, General Jonathan Vance, was appointed as chief of defense staff in 2015. so we're certainly gearing up for, for um, some very interesting testimony this afternoon. We'll have full coverage of that on globalnews.ca. But uh, again, a lot of questions about why that this probe is being shut down. They had heard some pretty, um, pretty mm-hmm. damning testimony, I think is fair to say, about the handling of this and, and questions really raised about what should be done next.
1: Amanda, speaking of next, uh, we're looking ahead to the federal budget on Monday. Uh, this is the first federal budget in more than two years. We don't have a lot of time left with you, but if you could quickly uh, just sum up what uh, we could see in that budget.
0: Yeah, I think the big things for for people who are listening here is likely um, we're looking for details on child care. We're looking for details on whether there will be moves taken to improve housing affordability. We're looking for details on the level of deficit that we're in right now as well, the, the federal debt. Um, also, I think a, a really important thing here is the level of detail in this budget. Budgets are normally quite vague. If there's a lot of detail here and specific promises, it might be an indication that the government is really teeing up to look at a more imminent campaign and using this as a campaign document.
1: Amanda, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and uh, we look forward to talking to you next Friday on the Ottawa Report, which we will call the OR. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great